consumers used to focus on availability during the pandemic. Now they're focused on value and inflation is the key driver of that. And promotions are an opportunity to provide to the consumer the value that they seek. This isn't just about a specific trade team or revenue management team. The spirit of this conference was it really takes everyone. Welcome to the Future of Consumer and Retail podcast by SAP. In this first episode of this two-part series, we're offering top themes and insights from the 2022 Promotion Optimization Institute Spring Hybrid Summit held in Chicago. I'm Matt Gardner, here with my colleagues John Buckley, Tiran Abdar, John Dano, and Sunny Neely, all of us part of SAP's Consumer Industries Advisory Practice. Stay tuned for concise insights on data management, pricing and assortment optimization, revenue management, and more from interviews with leading executives across the consumer products industry. Buckley, as you're new on our podcast, let's start with you. If you would, please share a brief background for listeners. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be part of the podcast here. As Matt said, my name is John Buckley. I'm part of SAP's Consumer Industry Advisory Group. I cover the Midwest portion of the United States, so the conference that we're covering was right in my back door here in Chicago. I've been with SAP just about five years, two different stints with them, but most of my experience actually comes from the CPG environment, working for companies such as Tyson Foods, Hillshire Brands, Kraft Foods, and then Maytag Appliances. Thanks so much, John. Tiran, welcome. Please share your background as well. Hey, Matt. Thanks. This is Tiran here. I'm part of the SAP Consumer Product Industry Unit, and I'm responsible for solution management of solutions like retail execution and direct distribution together with some other team members. And I have about 15 years of experience working with some of the leading consumer product companies deploying the solutions across markets, both modern trade and traditional trade. Thank you, Tiran. John, always good to see you. Anything to share on your background? Hey, Matt, it's great to see you again as well. John Dano here. I'm an industry executive advisor for consumer products at SAP. I'm nine months into this job, which has been a fantastic experience. But prior to that, I had 20 years of experience in consumer products working at the Campbell Soup Company. So I look forward to the conversation. Thanks, John. And finally, Sonny, welcome. Hey, guys, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Looking forward to the discussion today. I'm Sonny Neely in the Consumer Products Industry Business Unit. Um, Just about two years at SAP. But before that, kind of an old CPG hand, having worked in brand management for Coca-Cola and Ferrero. So really looking forward to the discussion today. Thanks, Sonny. And I guess let's start with you. Talking about this POI conference that you guys all attended, what stood out to you as themes from this year's event? Well, first of all, it was just a fantastic event with pretty much a who's who of all the major CP companies represented. So much knowledge from trade management, retail execution, all these critical trade side capabilities, and then all the vendors were there as well. So we were glad to get a chance to speak and interact directly. And for me, guys, the biggest takeaway, it was all about data. They were talking about data from literally the first presentation all the way through the entire event. It's because data is rapidly expanding. I read recently that 90% of the world's data was created in the last two years. So there's this kind of exponential growth in the amount of data that companies are using. That's driven by digital media, retail media that so many of our retail customers for CPs are using, omni-channel, including DTC commerce and marketplaces. 
The challenge, I think, that all these CPs that were at this conference were facing is that they just don't have as much data as the retailers. There's this urgency to build up their data, not just the volume of data that they have, but also the capabilities. A telling fact in the Pepsi keynote, one of the speakers asked everyone in the audience at the conference how many of the companies there had a data officer. And it was kind of like crickets, only a couple did. So having a chief data officer is something we're going to see more of, but there's still a long way to go to really be able to capitalize on the data that we're gathering. You know, data is critical for allowing CP companies to optimize their promotions, optimize their retail execution, and so many other exercises on the trade side. One of the big themes was how that data, both the marketing data and then also the trade data, is becoming aligned to deliver new value, I think, at both levels when you're communicating with customers and consumers. So pretty exciting, you know, quantitative message, I think, that's coming out where data is really going to be more and more important in this industry. I would imagine data really ties into a lot of aspects of what we're doing around promotions, around optimizing many aspects, especially with what's happening in recent years. And John Dano, I was curious for your thoughts around how that might tie into some of those other areas. In every single conversation, in every presentation, I don't think there was one that didn't miss the opportunity to talk about the challenges within the industry today whether it was a reflection back on the pandemic and the challenges that created. But now that we've hopefully turned that corner, we're set with a whole new set of challenges around inflation, et cetera. And that was just top of mind, really within every discussion and every presentation. And when we think about the challenges of the pandemic and now inflation, the precision around promotions was of the absolute critical nature of the discussion right? It's so focused on meeting the consumer's needs where they are from a key precision standpoint, because they can't afford to have promotions not work these days, right? They need the projected lift. And that takes an element of precision that the capability from a digital business perspective can provide these days if consumer products companies are willing to invest in it, which they should. Additionally, there was a, a huge theme around advanced revenue management, and there was even a call out in one of the presentations about revenue management teams are really the new heroes in the crisis of inflation. They're the ones that are focused on how to get the right pricing set in a very volatile market, which is a tremendous challenge. And if you don't get pricing right, everything falls apart underneath it. So that pricing precision, that trade promotion precision, and having the right digital capabilities to support those teams, whether they're in the promotion space or in the revenue management space, is absolutely critical. And it delivers a precise outcome that is needed to navigate the challenges that the economy and the global market is challenging us with today. It's funny, in our conversation setting up for this episode, some things you had mentioned in this realm really had me notice in my own behavior the way that I'm shopping currently, how more critical the promotions are to driving my behavior. And I would imagine just for everyone kind of pulling back and tightening and getting used to what inflation means as an experience in exchanging value between the things that we do in our lives and the, the money we're earning and the things that we truly need or not. And promotions seem like this powerful bridge that really give us opportunities to have access to some of the things that maybe we've really enjoyed, but are in the gray area between like, is this something that's really a need at this moment as we get used to this overall trend that seems to be unfolding? 
you know, consumers used to focus on availability during the pandemic. Now they're focused on value and inflation is the key driver of that. And promotions are an opportunity to provide to the consumer the value that they seek. And that's the critical component to it. Yeah, you know, Dana, I'm going to jump in here because I think you brought up a great point there. You said something about volatile, and now you're talking about the promotions aspect of things. Within consumer products, I think all of us would agree trade promotions, trade spend is very important to consumer products companies. It's generally the number one or number two line item on the P&L. One of the themes that I heard consistently, which I was great, I'm an old supply chain guy, was everybody was talking around connecting the enterprise, getting to a single plan. How can we bring in some of these trade promotions into the demand plan, which the demand plan connected into the supply plan, which connected back to their suppliers? Because a lot of the manufacturers there had co-manufacturing relationships where they didn't produce all of their product and they needed to talk to their suppliers in a better way. And so that connectedness, just the awareness of the importance of connecting the entire organization And then they were even taking that and switching it over into the annual operating plan. How can you create a longer plan? How can you create your budgets for next year? How does this imply into it? So, you know, I was very intrigued, as I said, being an old supply chain guy and in the business for a while, generally we had silos within our organizations and operations that now that visibility of seeing what the left side of the process, the right side of the process is actually going to be bringing the value that's going to um, give to these enterprises. And, you know, I recall, Sonny, when we were just talking afterwards to review some of this, you had mentioned some kind of a dialogue that you had with the Mars guy. You want to kind of throw in a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, what I took away from that is the sense of all these different capabilities are converging. We've got to optimize all the data and expertise that's available to us because in the face of uncertainty, inflation, you know, we can't afford to be spending trade or marketing spend. So one of the cool things that I I was talking to actually Tarun Kataria, who's a real luminary, he's the VP of demand analytics for Mars. We talked about the convergence of sales and marketing. And in his presentation, actually, he had given a lot of really creative examples of how deep consumer insights can influence, obviously, the marketing, you know, the way you're communicating to the end consumer, but can also really influence and be a make or break for the trade strategy. An example he gave is how different lines of business, of course, Mars is a very diverse company, but even within a certain brand, like some of their pet care business, different lines of businesses might have completely different objectives based on the end consumer needs. So he gave this example of dog breeders in the Mars pet business, okay? So dog breeders and owners, you know, Mars was coming at it with the same perspective that we want to try and, you know, deliver the exact right price, you know, to ensure profitability for these dog breeders. And they were able to find out via analytics with trade and consumer information, the breeders didn't care about profitability. They were laser focused on optimizing the nutrition for these prize show dogs. So it was a really interesting insight that they wouldn't have gotten if they were just looking at this from one facet of it. So he talked about that example and how there's so many other ways that, particularly with the rise of omni-channel and and all these different channels to market, including e-commerce storefronts, tremendous experimentation is possible via A-B testing and other formats. So these consumer products companies, whereas a test of a new trade or consumer initiative in the past in the retail environment might take months. I mean, I remember at Ferrero, it could take over a year to get the information back. Now, thanks to digital, they can do hundreds of tests in that same time. And you can really optimize and re-optimize in a quick and effective way. So it's exciting because it really does mean there's that opportunity to optimize the spend, especially going into some of these headwinds people are talking about. Yeah, Sunny, you mentioned about the omnichannel. It's certainly something that I also observed in lots of conversations about how do consumer product balance between omnichannel and e-commerce. Both are very important. 
One of the interesting comments came in the keynote session from the Chief Commercial Officer General Mills, and he shared some interesting insights about how to balance it. And the truth is, most consumer product companies, most of the business still comes from brick and mortar, right? So for them, omnichannel is really more about click and collect. You still need the e-commerce to help build the brand awareness and to help educate consumers about the product and trigger them to engage with the product, etc. Those things are very important, but moment of truth happen in the store. And for that, the importance of making sure that organization work together with the marketing team, the sales team, the logistics, everybody needs to be involved. Definitely, we hear it loud and clear from customers that the importance of breaking the silos, ensuring that everybody is able to work together, looking for systems that will connect data, connect people, and enable collaboration and help them get through these very challenging times. Matt, I think you're hearing a theme here that's really around. This isn't just about a specific trade team or revenue management team. The spirit of this conference was it really takes everyone. And when you think about what we were talking about earlier, and Sonny was really focused on the marketer, they play a bigger role here than perhaps traditionally thought of in the past. And, and Tehran talked about the convergence of sales and marketing. And it's absolutely critical to think about how marketing can play a bigger role in terms of the signals of data that are coming from the consumer that can be used for that precision targeting for promotions through consumer engagement tools that the marketer manages. So this is one fluent process end-to-end, as John Buckley had said earlier, and the marketer has a critical role in it. Yeah, it's powerful. Just again, that cross-functional aspect. It's the only way to create the optimizations necessary to lead through the competitive pressures that are happening in the market. I'm curious, Dano, if there's been any generalized insights you could share from one-on-one conversations, obviously, because they're one-on-one, we might not get into specific names. But would be curious if you could surface anything that came out of those discussions as well as others here as well. Sure. You know, I had a fascinating conversation with one individual and it's in relation to snack companies. And we were talking about how they had brought a snack brand to profitability. And I said, well, how did you do that? What was the secret? And he focused on trade promotion and the efficiency and effectiveness that they worked on in trade promotion, which was a great story. But then the story changed into a conversation around the headwinds ahead and talking about the conflict in Europe and in the Ukraine and how there are key ingredients, specifically in snack foods, that come solely out of that region of the world. And the fact that that is a conflict zone means those crops are not being produced and uh, supply is just not going to be there. And alternatives are having to be chosen. Those alternatives, prices are being inflated and they're going to get gobbled up by the marketplace, which is going to create a supply issue even for alternatives. Some of those alternatives may challenge the brand's ingredients panel. Real serious stuff. And I actually had a conversation this week just to follow up to just validate this with a chief customer officer of another snack foods company. The cost inflation for alternative products, that's going to cause real problems with profitability. And again, how do you combat the challenges to profitability? You've got to do it through strong revenue management practices. That's about the science of price at every layer, as well as precision promotion. Yeah, that highlights something I ran into this week. A friend of mine does booth setups at different local events. 
And he's in the process of looking for rugs because it can be a lot of square footage they need covered and doing some research of where to source bulk quantity of things. We're running into an interesting issue with the supply chain, just to the point that you're making of, wow, we've got geopolitical issues that are potentially getting in the way. And of course, we're all aware of the supply chain challenges that have happened recently, where some of the things we were looking at, where we could get really competitive per unit prices on items overseas, the freight costs are so out of control that then trying to even shop locally, we're seeing the per unit costs in a lot of the local stores clearly taking into account this massive freight increase, other than if we can find something that doesn't require overseas shipment and doesn't require things maybe even outside the country. And I just find these dynamics and like that one you just spoke to really, really compelling. And some of these challenges are being felt today and some of them aren't being felt yet. And that's the concern, right? So sunflower oil shortage hasn't really been felt yet, but it's coming. So again, I would encourage everyone out there, invest in the right capability around revenue management and other digital solutions that go end to end to be able to get ahead of some of these things, because this isn't going to be the last crisis, unfortunately, that we face. Yeah, guys, I want to jump in on just another observation from some of the casual conversations You know, I was talking to a large food company and the theme of integration came up a lot because they were using separate from their core trade promotion management system, they had a separate trade claims system. And even though they were automated, they were automating in parallel and and the information couldn't come together very easily because there was no integration. And it was a real headache for these guys. And I think it's another reminder that more integration at the strategic level, but also at the technical level, where these systems can just seamlessly pass the information they need between one another, I think it's going to be really important. Again, we go back to the need to optimize in the face of recession, rising prices. That's a place where you can definitely gain margin points back. You know, another person actually at the same table when we were having this conversation had a positive story to report because they were working with four different markets, you know, four different countries with four different systems. They were able to optimize and bring these all into the same system, which was a huge relief for this person that had to manually be the messenger between the four different capabilities. So I think integration was definitely top of mind and people were talking about most of the places I went. Yeah. And continuing on the topic of promotion and pricing, we're seeing a shift from the COVID pandemic days where those companies were struggling getting the product on the shelf to now a situation where the shift is really going into making sure that we have the right promotions in place, that we have the right pricing that drives the right volumes and margins that we expect. And I think this is where it's also very important to tie the promotion planning with the execution at the store, right? Ensuring that whatever plans we make are actually take place in the store to ensure that there's promotion compliance and the display compliance, et cetera is a key factor for success these days, even more than ever. That's interesting. You mentioned they're getting visibility to the consumer, making sure they see it. You know, one of the dialogues that I had with a beverage manufacturer was just kind of reflecting on what has happened over the past two to three years. I think you heard Daniel mention the disruption and it's going to be something that is going to be with us for a long time. And if it's not this disruption, there's going to be another one that's yet foreseen. But they were just talking about how trade planning and the management and the spending of things has changed over that two years. And when I started probing a little bit about that, they came back to, which was the number one driver that we all face every day, and that's the consumer again. That consumer is changing the way that they're going to market, even though that going to the store is still the highest percentage of the path to getting the product to our consumers. 
how they're actually doing it is differently. Meaning that a lot of people now have some form of way of talking into an Alexa or to an Echo or something, making their grocery list. And it's no more going up and down the aisles. Maybe it's making the list and you're shopping from a list. And so you want to make sure that your trade spend adjusts to that accordingly. You can't do the in-store couponing anymore if the consumer never really goes in-store. They just go and they pick up their groceries or whatever they're getting at the, at the retailer, picking it up and then taking it home with them. So, I mean, I think that ability for retailers and consumer products companies to work together and think about how they can make sure that that consumer is being contacted in a manner that the way that's going to drive business for them. And then we also talked about it before up there, is that on-shelf availability. If product's not on shelf and it's not available right now, you're going to lose. And the problem with that is that 75% of us as consumers have tried new brands. And we know how hard it is to get people to buy our brands or our products when they go to the store. And now 75% of us have actually tried a different brand because that product was not available in the store. Now, of that, 50% of them are saying, maybe we won't go back to that brand because now we've got the ability to try something else. So you just think about how much trade needs to be spent to get that consumer to be loyal to you. And with one or two outages on the store, you now have to build that back up and get that consumer back. So there was a lot of talk amongst consumer product companies. It just was great to hear some of those stories and how they're actually looking at trade in a different way than what they've looked at it before. That last bit, Buckley, really highlights an experience I've had in recent months where Amazon's kind of uniquely positioned in the market because of the acquisitions they've done and the way that they're trying to strategize and test various things. In their same app, they have both Whole Foods grocery delivery as well as Amazon Prime delivery. And like you said about coupons and strategies that are being brought, I'm mainly being informed by the assortments available and the recommendations that are happening when things are missing. And one of the things that I noticed across these two things is over time, some of the assortment from one did seem to be informed by what was available in the others. And that's, again, all the way back to this theme of data, using anything that you have available to you from the different insights of in-store behavior to online shopping and letting those inform the strategies in the other areas of the business is absolutely essential because ultimately, as Dano said early on in this episode, the shift to focusing on value is definitely something that's going to be critical. And that integrated system lets you make optimizations that otherwise wouldn't be possible. Thank you, everyone. These are great insights from the event. And we'll take a brief intermission here at the end of our first part in this two-part series. I'm really excited to get into the practical strategies, tactics, and actionable takeaways in the second episode posted a week after this one. John, Tiran, John, and Sonny, thanks for sharing such impactful insights from the POI event. In this first episode of this two-part series, we share top themes and insights from the 2022 Promotion Optimization Institute Spring Hybrid Summit held in Chicago. Be sure to catch our next episode, which picks up where this one leaves off, and review the show notes below for ways of taking the conversation deeper via key resources, upcoming webinars, and more. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to sharing again with you in the future.